Hi, everybody. I'm Daniel. And I'm Frankie. And this is Propagated Podcast. Yay! Welcome back to another thrilling episode about plants. (laughs) It's going to be so good. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I am... A very novice gardener. I have had two gardens in my life in the ground. Most of what I've done have been in container gardens, but especially this year, I've learned a lot about gardening. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a different world when you move from a container to the ground. Um, You wouldn't think it would be that much different, but it really is. Yeah, now I'm like, I can grow anything. (laughs) I work a bunch, so most of my gardening, honestly, was when I was a kid. And now I don't really have an outdoor garden. I just have all my indoor tropicals. Yeah. <laughs> They're enough work. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting to find out what you know, though, because I know you were like future farm child of America. And no, I the like FFA. <laughs> I just learned about agricultural zones this year. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely I don't know. I'm, I, I think I know a little bit more maybe about the industrial side than I do about smaller scale farming. But we'll see. See what I know. Test my knowledge. I will tell you what it's like to talk to a squash. (laughs) (laughs) Frankie out here being the little fae she was meant to be, or they were meant to be. My garden is amazing right now. I have little banana peppers. I have little snap peas. I have all kinds of stuff, and it's very exciting for me. I'm super stoked for you, and I hope I get to have your excess if you have any. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But I do have to say, I was reading right before we started recording about how urine is actually really good for gardens so i'm i might try it i might not because i'm like eh, if i pee on my gardens will my friends still eat my vegetables <laughs> i mean are you i mean it's not like i don't wash my vegetables <laughs> that's true <laughs> i don't know i'm not weird i'm not that weird about stuff like that it's like whatever yeah it makes sense right because of the nitrogen and all kinds of stuff apparently yeah. apparently like I mean, people have been doing it for a long time i didn't even know it was like a thing i i mean that's a new one for me i also <laughs> didn't know that that was a thing that people did but i mean i'm not i'm not gonna sit over here and knock it because i've never done it yeah well i may or may not let you know <laughs> you're just gonna keep it a secret secretly give all your friends your pea veggies and just giggle to myself (laughs) (laughs) okay well okay i have an article that i thought was fascinating that i would like to share i'm excited to hear it is from march 25th of 2021 from sciencedaily.com and it is about the white fly and how the white fly incorporated plant DNA into its genome. It's what? Yeah. Pretty cool, right? So basically, the white fly, millions of years ago, it took this DNA from plants and somehow it got into their genome and they use it to degrade the common toxins that plants use as a defense. So basically, it's not poisonous to them. So they can like eat, I think it's like, yeah, they're able to attack 600 different species of plants, which is... And ugh. it's because they somehow got their the plant DNA, the harmful plant DNA into their genome? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it doesn't bother them anymore. <laughs> fucking evolution, yo. It's fucking, Weird, that's... right? Yeah, so these... Well, what they think happened was that they, the white fly probably had a virus that took up the gene and infected the white fly. And then somehow 
um, the gene was incorporated because like, you know, this fly was evolution, evolutionarily, that's a hard word, evolutionarily favored because, you know, they were able to eat. Wow. That's fucking cool. Yeah. But so then they've been working on this because white flies are really destructive. And so they were working on how to undo that gene. And they've developed this small RNA molecule that interferes with the gene and causes them to be susceptible again to the plant's natural toxins. So. Are they? How are they going to do this? Is that viral transmission they're going to do so, again? Or is yeah. it sexual transmission? Are they like it modifying say, some flies? I think they probably okay. just discovered this. I mean, like I said, it oh, was from March 25th. That's really cool. So, yeah. That's so fucking cool, though. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Fighting fire with fire. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you have this cool thing. I'm taking it away. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like, I feel like scientists sometimes just like play the divine being. I mean, absolutely they do. It's like been a very common running theme throughout horror movies and oh, yeah. novels and stuff. The <laughs> mad scientist playing God. Do you watch Shit's Creek? I do. Moira and the Crows. That's exactly where oh, my brain God. went when you were talking about that. Her dressed as a scientist. <laughs> I strive to one day be as beautifully oblivious as Moira Rose in my day to day. I really think I'm an Alexis. I'm like, la, 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 little bit of Alexis. <laughs> anyway. I mean, realistically, I'm probably a David, but I strive to be a Moira. Uh, cool. Well, let's talk about gardens. Yeah, let's do it. Are you you want to talk more about like the farming aspect of growing food, right? Well, today I focus more on just like the basics of smaller gardening. I thought that we would do larger scale farming as its own episode and yeah. the pros and cons to that because that is a whole thing. That's a yeah, that's a task. <laughs> task in and of itself just to even bring up um so yeah, today I kind of kept it more narrow, more centric to people who maybe are just starting their hobby of gardening or or want to know a little bit more or maybe are already great gardeners and I might have some fresh knowledge that you didn't consider when you were setting up your own garden. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a million ways to garden. And like I've just Absolutely. been discovering this year shout out to dev they have been giving me lots of tips on twitter and i learned about um castor oil and it's been really Mm -hmm. helping with my squirrels like they were digging everything up and now they're like oh gross (laughs) yeah castor oil is great that's produced by um God, why can't I think of, castor of castor beans? Yeah. <laughs> Did we talk about that in the poison episode? Yeah, we, we've talked about that yeah. in the poisonous episode because it's how you make ricin. Mm. But uh, you can also plant castor bean plants, which are kind of exotic and fun looking, and they'll live in our area, and they prevent moles because the roots naturally produce some castor oil. Gotcha. Cool. So, or at least that's the folklore. I don't know if that's been scientifically proven to be true, but my grandpa used to have them everywhere, and there's like... They almost look kind of like weed, the leaves, mm. but they're like purple and green and they're really fucking big and pretty and they have little spiky pods where the seeds come out. Cool. They're really they're like cool looking plants. I think yeah. they're fun to have. Maybe I'll do that next year. I also planted some pepper plants because I heard that pepper plants will keep away squirrels. It didn't really work. The castor oil worked better, but. <laughs> I mean, pepper plants are never a bad thing to have. I love a good no, pepper. and delicious. So. Yeah. <laughs> we used to grow cayenne peppers for the express reason that we would add them to our 
tomato or spaghetti sauce. Yum. And have spicy spaghetti. I love that. Spicy spaghetti. We used to make big batches of spaghetti every year. We'd have big tomato patches and it's like a big family thing. My favorite is fried green tomatoes. I love them. Mm. Mm. I can... I mean, pretty much any fried food I can get behind, but fried green tomatoes are pretty great. Okay, we'll have to have some then once I have some tomatoes. You know what's really good? A fried green tomato caprese salad. Oh, yummy. Instead of just regular tomatoes, using but mozzarella and basil and balsamic on fried green tomatoes is prime. that sounds amazing. That sounds great. I had something really fun happened. So the other day I was looking at my wildflower garden, and I was like what the heck is a squash doing in my wildflower garden? Why? I don't think I planted this here. And yesterday I realized it's a pumpkin from when we were carving pumpkins. Everyone was like dumping their seeds over there. And so just a little pumpkins growing. (laughs) You got a little baby pumpkin coming up. I'm so excited about it. I didn't even try. (laughs) I've always wanted to grow one of the like ridiculous pumpkin species that are like, the 300 pound pumpkins you see at the fair just to see if I can do it because it's just ridiculous but then I'm like but I live in a city and I don't know how I would dispose of a 300 pound pumpkin without just letting it rot in my backyard (laughs) and that's gotta be terrible we'll make the biggest pumpkin pie you've ever seen (laughs) (sighs) so like any good garden it starts with good dirt did you know that's my Animal Crossing Island is good dirt? I just love that. I did know that, and it's really cute. <laughs> so she, good dirt. Frankie has the best fucking Animal Crossing Island ever. Thank you. I've put many hours into it. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. There's something about that game that is very, very comforting. It's almost like gardening. Like throughout the last year when I didn't have a garden and it was like through quarantine and stuff, there was just something about moving digital chairs around that was really satisfying (laughs) planting (laughs) digital flowers (laughs) i mean there's something to be said for any form of escapism like that you know gardening can be in a a form of escapism too if you want it to be for sure oh and it has been for me this week i've just been obsessed at chasing squirrels i had to chase a turkey out of the garden yesterday and it like started to come (laughs) for me and i was like oh no no (laughs) i just i just imagine frankie out there with a pitchfork shaking it at a turkey like get out out of my garden you stupid turkey (laughs) i had a trowel and i was banging it against the fence like be scared of me (laughs) oh i bet to any animal you're like the most non-threatening though i know because you're too you're too sweet i'm like sir sir could you could you please step off the plants I just, I just would really love if you didn't eat that squash blossom right now. Like, please, (laughs) I want, I want to eat that later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So have you ever tried to do compost or worm bins or anything like that? I haven't. I've thought about it before. Um, I do think that compost is a very clever way to get nutrients back into your soil. If you're going to garden the same area over and over again. Mm hmm. But I personally have never, so I'm not I'm not super knowledgeable on that. Yeah, we I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, but we did have a compost bin, which was really cool. Um, but I I recently tried to do a worm bin because I have an axolotl and he eats worms, and I um, <laughs> I made the bin way too shallow and all the worms climbed down. <laughs> they were just all over my deck and i was like "Uh oh oh that's no good so if you are doing a worm bin make sure it's like a deep 
spin, then they can't just like, fly <laughs> I just imagine like, I wish that I could have been walking up to your house and there were just worms all over. <laughs> and I could have been like, Frankie, what the, what the fuck did you do? Like, this is my only druidic power. I can call the worms. <laughs> call the worms. I don't know. That would actually be kind of terrifying. I feel yeah. like if you just like, oh, yeah. could have us like amalgam of worms pop up out of the soil anytime you felt like it would oh, be yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, compost is really good for getting nutrients back in. It helps with good soil structure. It helps protect against drought. It helps maintain a nat- um it helps maintain a neutral pH. And compost can also protect plants from a lot of diseases as well as feed all the little wormies and the microlife in the soil. Yeah, it's super dope. And another thing when you're looking at like planting a small garden is to think about co-planting a lot of times. People will just plant one thing in one area where it could be beneficial to not do that. So what do they what do they call it? The like three sisters. Oh yeah. Is yeah, it's corn and beans and um squash mm-hmm, actually yeah. all benefit each other. They're symbiotic when you plant them together. Because corn is stereotypically pretty hard on soil. It grows really tall, grows really fast, it takes a lot of nutrients to produce where um, your beans are going to be nitrogen fixers because they're legumes and they're going to fix the nitrogen levels in your soil. And if you do pole beans, you can actually let them grow up the corn so you don't have to add an unnatural trellis That's to it. You can just pick it off the corn stalks. Yeah. And then you can put the low growing squash underneath all of that. And then it actually helps kind of compete with some of your weeds, your undesirables at yeah. the same time, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I did that this year. I'm really excited about it. Um, everything's been coming up, even though a lot of the squirrels dug up a lot of the corn kernels and stuff, but right. I had a lot extra, so I just replanted everything and everything's good so far. Thanks to good old castor oil. Um, but yeah, that's like a really good example of companion planting, which is what I was wanted to talk about next because companion planting is really cool. Like plants want to be together and certain plants do different things. Like we talked about in the marigolds episode about how marigolds are super good at detract. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, De- I feel like there's a deterring. very good word. There we deterring. Go. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I know there's a good word for this. And for some reason it's eluding me right now. Marigolds are really good for deterring pests and like deer and such. And they also are really good at keeping nematodes, which are really, really tiny little wormies that are bad for your plants out of the soil. Even years after they've died, they can still affect really? the soil. Yeah. We did talk about that. I just forgot about it's it until cool. right now, which is I really mean, cool. You know how much I love marigolds. <laughs> <laughs> the flower of death. Yeah. Most yeah. beautiful death flower ever. Yeah. So pretty. Um, another thing about companion planting to think about, um, I'll put up on our website, the farmer's almanac has a really good guide to companion planting and depending on what you're planting, it tells you what you should plant with it. But you know, there's some things that can attract beneficial insects, like, you know, pollinators and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It also helps. That was, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) That was one of the things that, that was like one of the things that I had written down to make sure that is something you research and are uh 
clearly thinking about when you're planting your garden is that your plants will not produce without pollinators. Mm -hmm. So you need to do things to make sure you're attracting those pollinators, especially if you're planting things that aren't natural to your area. Yeah. And a lot of times you can plant things that are natural to your area that will not only help the biodiversity if you were to, or if they spread, but will also help your pollinators and attract them and make sure that you're getting good, healthy production from your plants. Yeah. Yeah. So companion planting is great for that. Bringing pollinators. Um, we talked about support for anything that needs to climb, like some beans and such. Weed suppression, soil health, all of that. So it's it's better, especially if you're doing a small garden, to diversify it as much as you can. Also, I love I you know I was a florist for a long time, and I know a lot about all the the flowers and stuff. I've grown flowers a lot. Flowers are pretty easy and grow pretty pretty prolifically. But um, if you want to attract bees, the general rule is that they like daisy shaped flowers. And if you want to attract birds and hummingbirds, or not birds, if you want to attract butterflies and hummingbirds, anything with a long snout, you want to get flowers like columbine or fuchsia that have a really long throat. Well, if that isn't just the most commonsensical thing I've never thought about before. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? (laughs) No, I love that. And pollinators are just... I mean, I know that it's like something that we hear about all the time now, which is a great thing that it's finally being given the attention that it deserves, but just so fucking important. And people don't really think about how important that is, like how important it is to attract pollinators and to make sure that you have a healthy relationship with the nat- native pollinators in your area, because if they're gone, we're gone. So fuck. Yeah. Yeah. What's the saying? I think there's like a, an old garden saying of like, one for the birds, one for the bees, one for the worms, and one for me. So like taking me care the, of everything in the garden, like feeding everybody, I don't, making sure the pollinators get fed and you get fed. <laughs> I don't know that I'd heard that, but I love it. It's cute, right? Yeah, that's really cute. I might have made it up. I'm going to be honest. Well, even if you did, there's some wisdom to it. So I'm going to run with it and repeat it in the future because I like it. It's what I say when I get sad that the squirrels are eating all my garden. I'm like, one for the squirrels. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Squirrels Squirrels are cute little things, but they're a plague. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's been... I, I like I even bribed them with bird seed. I was like, here, this is this really beautiful seed that you can just eat. It's just for you. Here, have it. And they're like, no, we want your heirloom seeds. Thank you very much. It's like, I'm sorry. Do you think that we're not privy to the fact that you're giving us this? We want the things you don't want us to have. <laughs> yeah. We want to steal from you exclusively. <laughs> yeah. We don't want those sunflower seeds. We want those sunflower seeds. So speaking of heirloom seeds... What can you tell me about heirloom seeds? Like personally? Yeah. Um, this is one thing I had to look up because I had no idea what that meant. I don't know that I'm positive on what it means. I can tell you what I assume it means. Sure. Um, I assume that heirloom seeds are seeds that have been continually propagated under the, like the same plants are continually propagated to a point where they can be passed down as 
a guaranteed product. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's not going to be any like surprises when you get an heirloom <laughs> seed, you know? Yeah. And I could be wrong about that. I honestly don't know. I've never actually looked that deeply into it. Yeah. Well, what I learned was that they're open pollinated. So meaning that unlike hybrids, the seeds you collect from one year will produce plants that have most of the characteristics of the parent plant. So it's basically it's passing down seeds again and again and again from the same plant. Many heirloom varieties were preserved by home gardeners and they'd save seeds from their family gardens for years and years and years and years. Um, So I thought that was kind of cool that heirloom seeds are like passed down. And so it's like these certain lineages of seeds that are basically protected by farmers who want this certain kind of tomato or this certain kind of sunflower. Which is great. Remember my grandpa, when I was a kid, I used to always, I always thought they sounded gross just because of the name, but they're called greasy beans. Oh, greasy beans. They're a type of green bean, but they're so fucking good. Mm, they the best delicious. green beans ever, and that's that was definitely a very common heirloom green bean. I also liked the Mile High Runners because we had to, but we used bamboo poles to that were like twenty feet high, and you'd go all the way up the bamboo pole and go all the way back down with one vine because they would grow cool. so far. And then you'd like have this like little. I mean, the way my grandpa did it, at least, it'd be like a little square of bamboo poles that he would like tie up almost like a teepee and the inside would be empty because it was just green beans. So you could like part it and go into this little green bean teepee and it was really cute. It's so funny you say that because I've been talking about that all year because when I was a kid, I had this craft book and it was my goal to do every craft in that craft book. And I got most of them, but one of them I couldn't do was the green bean tent. I wanted to do it so badly. And you should I, do it now. I know, right? I really should. I've always wanted to make a little make a little green bean tent. <laughs> They're super cute. I always used to love the idea that you could just like go in there. And I used to scare the shit out of my grandpa too, because I'd know he's about to pick green beans and I'd go and hide <laughs> in the middle and then like grab him from the inside. It's great. And you can just munch on some snap peas or whatever you're growing while you're in there, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. Those were cool because you could make them so big. Like, it was just, they were, because, I mean, literally, they're called mile-high runners for a reason. Like, mm. they like to grow up more than down, so you have to train them back down. But they'll grow f- so far. Like, just prolific. Like, just f- crazy. That's so And they, awesome. were good, they were good green beans, too. Yum, yum, yum. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just hungry. We keep going back to food. I mean, we are talking about vegetables. <laughs> I mean, that's literally that's literally the whole bit today is gardening, it's yeah. sustaining yourself. You know. Last year, my friend grew too many tomatoes, and so we made tomato pie, which I had never had before. Delicious. If you have a lot of tomatoes, so good. make some tomato pie. I like grilled tomatoes with breakfast. Mm. But I'm picky because I'll only do, I only do nice heirloom tomatoes. I don't yeah, like me too. I don't like greenhouse tomatoes. They're no, they're just so water to me. Yeah, it's not it. Yeet. It's not it's it like for me. Snot. But a nice tomato, mm. you know it's nice when it doesn't look like a round, perfect package. Yes. <laughs> really. It's got all the nice cuts and creases in it. And you can cut it open and it just, it's delicious. I'm very excited. So I'm growing Cherokee purple tomatoes this year. Ooh, those are so nice. Mm-hmm. So pretty too. 
I'm sure Instagram yeah, will I see should, a lot of pictures once they're grown. I might actually get some tomato starts this year because I do like tomatoes. You should. They have them at the farmer's market. Oh, fun fact, too. Our farmer's market has stevia. I thought about maybe growing it because we talked about it. Yeah, I'm curious to see what stevia is like not after being produced Pro- poorly. Which is, yeah. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Man, I've also been, I literally have set myself in bed today and made myself depressed watching Rotten because I hadn't watched oh it yet. Gosh. It's been on my watch list for forever. Yes. And I just started watching it and I'm I'm like, I've been like, fuck, I, my whole life is a lie. Everything's <laughs> terrible. I can't eat chocolate anymore. I can't fucking do anything anymore. This is all it bullshit. Me, honestly, the show made us me feel better about our podcast because I was like, oh, I, th- I thought that we were negative and only talked about the shit. And then I watched the TV show and I was like, oh, it's like, oh. Oh, it's our no. podcast, but like Man, that's we talked times about worse. <laughs> so we talked about sugar right yeah, in one of our yeah, episodes yeah. and i just watched the sugar episode those last one that i watched and they i didn't realize how obscenely remarkably depressing it still is today yeah it's, it's just so fucking bad anyways that's a total oh gosh yeah caveat for we should probably have an episode about modern day terrors of the natural world because i feel like we focus on the history a whole lot and we don't actually talk about the modern day implications as totally. much and we 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 talk about it but we don't anyways let's do an episode on just the commodification of plants i feel like that would be yeah. a good one to cover it it's, it's important to talk about too yeah Ooh. oh sorry i know? totally went on a whole ass tangent there that's i mean I think that's what this podcast is going to become now that we're trying to make it more conversational. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I was reading this morning, there's a big movement to be rid of peat in all growing mediums, which I think is pretty cool. It was like, that's dope. peat free or something like that. And I was okay. like, oh, we just talked about that. Is um sphagnum moss okay, though? Are we good with that one? Is that one not problematic? I, I, I didn't look into it. I don't know. Cause I got some sphagnum moss for my for for my orchids. Cause I got I still haven't repotted everything I need to. I just fucking I feel like I do this executive dysfunction thing where I look at everything that I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. and don't do any of it, and instead just watch TikTok for three hours, ignoring the fact that I'm supposed to do everything, and then I get depressed that I'm not doing anything, and uh, then I just don't yeah. do any of it. It's great. Yeah. It's a great cycle that I have. Yeah, ADHD. I get it. <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> I read for eight hours today. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's better than watching TV. I mean, at least I was watching a documentary and not just crazy. Bullshit. Yeah, you were just you were watching Rotten and going into an even deeper <laughs> hole because of that. <laughs> so let's talk about garden types because when I was designing gardens, go. this was very fun. <laughs> Back on track. <laughs> Did you see that segue? <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I <laughs> it was very good. I Thank enjoyed you so it a much. lot. Professional podcast. Doing so much better. <laughs> um. So there are fairy gardens, there are herb gardens, there are night blooming gardens, there are, you know, I have a wildflower garden, I have a three sisters garden. There's there's so many opportunities for all kinds of cool gardens and it's so exciting Mm -hmm. to me. Honestly, I want a winter veggie garden because they're honestly my favorite. What What would be in it? Cause you can, it's kale, it's baby like bok choy, mm. it's asparagus, it's a lot of the things that like are my favorite bitter, bitter veggies. Cause I'm I'm just a bitter person in general, so <laughs> I like I like everything to be bitter. I like my diet to match my attitude. 
give me give me fernet and a kale salad and we're set let's go and i'm like can i please have strawberries with cream on top thank you <laughs> actually i've been doing that i've been putting all the heads of my strawberries into my water and it's making me drink more water <laughs> i'm into that that's a good idea i like lemon water lemon and cucumber water mm. Mm. like you're at a spa like fancy water yeah literally <laughs> Literally. One would argue that strawberry water is fancy water too, though. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I'm using the trash of the strawberries. <laughs> cucumbers, I feel like cucumbers aren't as fancy as people make them out to be. No. They're good I love for you. Cucumber is probably I my love favorite cucumber. vegetable. No, bok choy. Eh, cucumber. Uh, yeah, I think it goes back and forth for me on my favorite vegetable. Asparagus and um, Brussels sprouts are definitely some of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Mm. A roasted Brussels sprout mm, when it's like crispy, like, mm, mm, yes, so good. Yeah, I like to thin Back slice to them. <laughs> Always. It's great. I also found out that mulberry leaves are apparently like they kind of taste like matcha, but they don't have caffeine in them. So I've been putting those in my water, too, and it's been pretty good. Nice mm. and earthy. That's fun. Yeah. I like a mulberry. I'm trying, to experience, or, I'm trying to experiment more with, you know, the stuff that grows in my yard and, and eating it and putting it in teas and stuff man mulberries bring back some old memories my grandpa having to run off turkeys all the time off the mulberry tree <laughs> turkeys love mulberries yeah any who's i really like fairy gardens i think fairy gardens are my favorite because you get to get all the like cute little mosses and thyme and ground cover and you can put like little doors or like little mushrooms little fairies <laughs> i don't know i just love setting a little garden stage I want to have a uh, herb garden. I haven't mm. done that in a long time, and they're really easy to take care of. And totally. a lot of herbs are great companion plants to each other, too. So totally. it's like you can grow a bunch of different ones in the same plot, and they're all really happy together. If anyone is deciding to grow their first garden, or like you have limited space and you only have containers, and maybe, you know, some bright sunshine for a couple hours, I would start with an herb garden. Having like yeah. thyme, basil, rosemary. Well, maybe not rosemary. Thyme and basil are really easy to grow. Mint is super Rosemary easy to grow. can be fucking bitchy. It really can be. It, but, it can also be super easy. It just depends. Like, yeah. It just, it's, if it decides it's going to go, it's going to go. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do. It's and just they, gone. They like to be, they're, I find that they're like sage. They'd rather be in the ground and doing their own thing. Than in a container for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but if you do grow mint, make sure you grow it in a container because it will take over your whole garden and you will never be able to pull it all out. It's yeah, it'll be there for it'll be there for forever. Forever. Forever yeah. and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> yeah. If you think you got rid of all of it one year, wait till the next year. Uh -huh. It'll be back. <laughs> yeah. But it's so nice to just like, you know, be like, hmm, I'm eating spaghetti. What does this need? And just like wander outside and pick some stuff from your garden and put it in there, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it's... Uh, Fresh, fresh herbs, if you cook a lot, are like imperative. Literally changes the entire dynamic of cooking. Totally. And even a lot of them are fine just growing in a windowsill, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. I grew basil inside this winter, but I watered it too much and it got a lot of bugs and it was gross. <laughs> Fair enough. That That's that overloving side of you coming yeah, out. Yeah, I also didn't have it in a pot with drainage which is totally my bad and i know better so <laughs> well i mean if you're gonna get if you're gonna get fungus gnats that's how to do it yep 
<laughs> that's the recipe. Your basil probably would have been okay with it the whole time, but yeah. the fungus gnats love that too. <laughs> did I tell you, speaking of fungus, did I tell you I got at the farmer's market last weekend um, a, a lion's mane growing kit of mushrooms? I, you did not personally tell me, but I saw it on your Twitter. Yeah. Because somehow I get notified every time you make a post, which is huh. cute. So I, I like randomly see your life through Twitter oh. lens, but well, I'll um, be I'll, I'll shit post less then just for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, no, continue to live your life exactly as you do. I think it actually only gives me a notification, maybe if you tag propagated. I don't know. Mm. Regardless, yeah, uh, I did see the mushroom grow kit, and that is something that I want really badly. I'm afraid to do it inside. I feel like I might not care for it enough. I feel like it, they're all, they're like suited to like outside life. Well, he said it was fine inside. He said it's best on a countertop where you can see it because then you'll remember to mist it. But I just have mine above my humidifier. And so it's been really moist and doing its thing. I Do you have to water it too? You're just supposed to spray it twice a day. So Okay. I'm, I'm worried though that I might have cut. You're supposed to cut an X in it and then the mushroom grows out of it. But I'm worried I got yeah. my axe too big, and so there's too much water getting in there. But we'll see. It's my first go at it, so. I almost bought one the other day because I mean I got all my plants, all my all my plants. I got all my pots for the other day, and they have the mushroom grow kits at that place that I won't name because I <laughs> kind of hate them. But their pots were cheap, so I went there anyways. Yeah. Um, but I was afraid to get it there. You said you got it from a local person though, huh? Yeah, just at the farm. Local market. farm. There's a um. Yeah, there's just a mushroom farm out in Leicester. That's so cool. Yeah. What if I went back to school for mycology? I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't know. Can you actually make money doing that? If if anyone knows, let us know. (laughs) For real though, because that's that's always something I've been incredibly fascinated by is mushrooms and mushrooms and any of that world of kind of those unseen plants animals things Things. that fix all the problems that humans have made literally did you see Uh, i'm just super into it meme about mushrooms that was like you cannot kill me in any way that matters i really want a shirt that says that (laughs) i want a tattoo that says that i thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever it's just too many words maybe for ten thousand listens we can do that (laughs) get a tattoo another one um Oh, anyways. Also, we're just tangent as fuck today, huh? Yeah, that was a big tangent. Let's see. What else do we have to talk about for gardens? Um, um, I definitely think that it's important to note that if you're new to gardening, it's very easy to plant early mm. and don't do it because it's so horribly depressing when you plant too early and a frost kills your shit. And nerve wracking. I was sitting out there with a Terrible. blanket. Like, is it too cold yeah. now? Is it too cold now? <laughs> it's but, like, when do I put this blanket on? When do I take it off? How do I take it off? Yeah. It's all. I, it's just terrible. So, like, definitely, if you're if you're going to start a new hobby of gardening and you haven't really done much of it in the past, it's it pays to look at where you are regionally. Yeah, and understand what those differences mean because if you live in new hampshire Mm -hmm. you're gonna plant at a drastically different time than i would here in western north carolina yeah and someone in florida is going to have a drastically different setup than we would in western north carolina it's just like any and the u.s like anywhere you live 
across the world is going to have a different set of rules that you need to follow. And it's important to just give yourself a minute to learn that and because it does suck when you kill shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, terrible. Just Google um, agricultural zone and then wherever you live and it'll tell mm-hmm. you what it is and when to plant things. And because um, some seeds really do require cold nights or some seeds never want the soil to go beneath 70 degrees and stuff like that. So it's good to know like when you should plant where you are. Yeah, it used to freak me out when my grandma put seeds in the fridge to get them to sprout. Yeah. She wanted to grow them in containers. She'd like have them in a cool, dark place the whole year, and then she'd put them in the fridge to simulate like a cold spring uh-huh. morning, I guess, or cold spring nights for a couple weeks, and then take them out and put them in the dirt, and they would grow just fine. And I was always like, "What the? How the? What the fuck is seeds? In, how? How? So tiny, yeah. such a tiny thing to know this. Like I how? Know, how, cool. do, how do you? How do you express this so well? Like yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, that's called stratification, I learned. And then I also learned a process called scarification, which I did with my nasturtiums. Basically, if the seed skin is really thick, you file some of it off with like a nail file or sandpaper, depending on the size of the seed, and then it helps it germinate. When I grew lotus last year, I had to do that. Mm. Um, But it's like they have incredibly thick skins so you like you take an actual file like there's a nor- oh, normally wow. a thing that eats through them like a and I don't remember what the animal or bug was but there's a thing that eats through them and creates holes naturally but if you're going to get seeds in their full form for lotus seeds you have to actually like file it down until there's a hole huh. so that the seed on the inside can sprout and come out they're really pretty interesting I didn't, I, they were a little bit more work than I thought and I killed them because I'm dumb, which is really sad. I kind of want to try again this year knowing more because you have to like plant them. You have to like have a container where you can plant them in the soil once they get to a certain stage underneath so then they can continue to like be solid and grow and they're supposed to be like really pretty and bloom and shit, but I did it wrong and it didn't work out. Sometimes that but luckily happens. it was like a four dollar seed packet, so can try yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, if I if these mushrooms don't work out, I'm gonna try again. It's just fun to like learn new things and learn new plants. <laughs> I wonder if they have chicken of the wood mm. mushroom starts because that's my favorite mushroom yum, always. Yum. So meaty. I like I like when I'm cooking when I'm eating mushrooms. I like them to be meatier. Yeah, mushrooms. Yeah. Lion's mane's really good too, though. I love any mushroom, honestly, like sauteed in a little butter with just a pinch Ooh, of salt. Oyster. I know they have, I know they have blue oyster mushroom they starter do. kits. Yeah. At, that, that's like a very common one. Mm-hmm. Those are, I love oyster mushrooms. Yeah. Maybe we can get a mushroom person on for an episode. That'd be really fun. That'd be really cool. We should talk to the people you bought those from. Yeah, totally. I'm into that. Okay. Let's see. What else? Um, One more thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to say earlier when we were talking about pests is birds. You know, I have that bothersome turkey. Birds can't really taste things, so the castor oil doesn't work on them or any cayenne or anything like that. So what I did, and I'm really excited about, and it's really cute, I put pinwheels in all the gardens because the light and the reflections will scare the bird. (laughs) And it's it's just also really cute. Like, I love a pinwheel. I think they're just so cute. I love pinwheels. Pinwheels are fucking awesome. I didn't, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they would be bird repellent, but I would have probably never really thought of that. 
Yeah. Or they a little just scary like, for them. Yeah. It's like, oh, what is that? <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. Something moving. Shit. <laughs> Let's get out of Dodge. There's a scary lady with a trowel yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was, I've been reading about crows and they, they have a system of communication that's so much more developed than I ever realized. Yeah, they're wild. So crazy. My grandpa used to hate crows, and now I realize that the crows hated him back, so they were just probably really mean to him, honestly. like, <laughs> Yeah, we have one, and I kind of want to befriend it, but then I'm also mad at it because we have these like little baby birds that it keeps trying to attack, and it breaks my heart. Why is it trying to attack the baby birds? I don't know. Maybe it was like trying to get at the eggs or something. I don't know. Hmm. But we it, it's the nest that's right above our door, and so I always try to scare the croft when I see it right in front of the door. I'm like, I want to be friends if with you because I think you're cool, but also don't hurt my baby birds. Well, you could make friends with it in the driveway. That's true. Or somewhere else. You don't it have to be like at your door. for the squirrels, so. Apparently, crows and ravens will bring you gifts if you're nice enough yeah, to them. Yeah, it's And so I really cool. want that to, I want to have that happen, but I'm terrified to make friends with a crow here. Because Cosmo would try and kill it, and then I would have to be really sad and angry at the cat, and I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to just be like the crow whisperer and like trade shiny objects with crows. Like that just seems that just sounds like the dream. Like that's like the person I was meant to be. What What about that doesn't sound cool? Right. Like, what part of that sounds? unappealing to okay, anyone. I got this shiny piece of tape from a crow. I am not a bird person either. <laughs> I think either. the birds are usually, I usually consider them to be fucking rats of the sky. I don't, scary. not, I don't love birds. But crows, I'm like, okay, you smart enough to maybe I can not hate you. We can try. We can try. Chickens, I can try to not be mean. Having chickens really taught me a lot about birds because I'm like, okay, well, you have your cool birds. It's like you have your cool chickens that are basically like pets. And then you have your asshole chickens that are just like. God, some of them are so the mean. The, the worst. They're they so will tear mean. you the fuck up they and not think twice about up. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Some chickens are cool. I'm cool with some chickens. And then some chickens, I'm like, screw yeah. you. You can dinner. get fucked, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite vegetable um my favorite vegetable ever yeah i might have to go with brussels sprouts brussels sprouts is a good one what's your favorite to grow what's your favorite thing to grow outside my favorite thing was always sunflowers because they get so big and tall and they like are so responsive and pretty and i think they're really cool um my favorite vegetable to grow was probably asparagus because it looks really, really weird huh. growing out of the ground i always thought it was like a it's like a weird thing that grows i like any plant that looks like an alien i feel that kohlrabi was fun to grow mm. i have no idea what that is i just acted it's, like i knew what that is and i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> it's in the cabbage family it's almost it's like a it's almost like a cross between a cabbage and a leek. Oh, I've had this. Yeah, yeah. We get a local yeah. vegetable box, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'll cook it. Kohlrabi is really cool. I like yeah. kohlrabi, and it looks like an alien as fuck. Totally, totally. If you ever played the Final Fantasy games, it always reminded me of uh, the Mar- Marlboros. I have like no, big I planty know. boys. Yeah, I haven't played it. Someone out there is shouting right now, 
like yeah i love that game I'm, exactly i know i cool sp- i know i pronounced like. that poorly but <laughs> um but, uh, i i'm so excited because i've never grown sunflowers before but i'm growing sunflowers now and they've already sprouted and they're supposed to get 10 feet tall and i'm really excited about that they're like regal and pretty and like i don't know there's just something about sunflowers that are just really cool and the most what did you say in your orchid episode the most diverse flowering plant is sunflowers apparently yeah. wild what the fuck didn't know that still fucks me up every time i think about it i i have a feeling that it's because the seeds are so widely appreciated by all kinds of critters that it probably like you know at some point spread and diversified and created all kinds of yeah. different stuff yeah man sunflowers i should grow some sunflowers i have some I if like you want sunflowers. i have little 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 starts that you can have I'm just afraid that I'll kill them because I'm not hyper committed to the outdoors unless it's fun shit. I've been watering <laughs> every day and I'm really proud of myself for doing something consistently consistently for once. I think my favorite thing to grow is probably cucumbers because it's just so satisfying. They're just so prolific and delicious and amazing and crunchy and good. Mm-hmm. I just, I love a cucumber. Cucumbers are the best, honestly. Yeah. Cucumber and mayonnaise sandwiches, which I'm not usually mm, a mayonnaise person. A little but, dill. Mm. Mm-hmm, Talk so about good. companion planting too. Dill and cucumber go good together. Oh, for sure. One thing that I think that I will mention just as kind of like a fun fact is that if you're trying to get into any kind of even just like medium, like lo- like medium to a little bit bigger, small scale farming or like gardening, mm-hmm. something you can do is wherever you are, there's going to be an extension agency hmm. that you can visit and you can take your soil to the extension agency and they will send it off to be tested for free. Cool. And they will send you back a report telling you what your soil lacks and what uh, it has an abundance of, which can also help you decide what you want to grow. Or like let's say your soil's low on nitrogen then plant some beans and let them fix the soil up for a second before you plant something else like just just things you can do you know that's so cool i always wanted to take a class in soil science but it was never offered so if i ever go back to school it'll probably be something like that that's what i always thought about that too agronomy is crazy i also i think i'm one of those weird people that i enjoyed the organic chemistry class that I took, which was not an advanced mm. class at all. It was like a basic organic chemistry class, but I enjoyed it. And agronomy is a lot of that. So yeah. probably not a terrible direction for me to go. <laughs> My favorite class I ever took was meteorology. I loved weather and environment. I feel like I'd be a good weather person. <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> and over here, we have a warm front coming in. <laughs> You'd be the cutest weather person ever. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Although I think I would probably want to, because I, I, I don't like performing, which is funny as someone who is currently talking on a podcast. But. On a podcast that does uh, D&D on the regular. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You do a like, lot of performative things, but I guess it's not the same as being on television. Yeah, right? and like if you're doing it every day, like I would much rather be out in the field taking, you know, river samples and stuff like that. Yeah, that's one thing about agronomy that I liked is that you get to kind of connect with the smaller communities and try and make a difference in a lot of ways. Like if you 
go that route and your intent is to make it better and not profit off of it, then you can make pretty cool differences in in communities around the world. Yeah. Which I think is a cool thing. But it's definitely not an easy, it's not an easy field to break into and I'd probably have even more problems now being openly queer and tattooed as fuck <laughs> trying to communicate with people in small rural communities the new generation of climate activists just tattooed and queer <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's not so far off though no, i mean no realistically that is exactly what we all are. like that's <laughs> the people who care the most are probably tattooed and queer i'm just kidding i don't know there's probably know a either. lot of people listening to this that are <laughs> Not tattooed and straight as fuck, and I'm sure that you guys are good people, too. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you care about the environment and you, like, I guess there's, like, this weird feeling always of this desperation of, like, why can't people see how bad this is or, like, how much we're destroying the earth and this beautiful, delicate, maybe not delicate, but, like, beautiful intertwined ecosystem by thinking that we're separate from it. Like, it's just, oh, yeah. it's heart-wrenching. I mean, it's just absolutely absurd, honestly, to think that it's even a conversation we need to have. Yeah, You would think that that would be, like, the last thing on anybody's mind would be... Shitting where they eat. Literally. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Poisoning their own ground. And I think that's also why it's important for everyone to have a garden. Like, we talked about this with houseplants, too. I think houseplants are the same way, and... If you live in a city, it's pretty hard to have a garden, you know, maybe a container. I mean, it has too, to be a raised, like a container garden. But. Yeah. But still, I think it's important to grow your own food and know what it takes and know, you know, what goes into making, you know, the food that sustains you and the ground to be fertile. Well, I mean, I am a meat eater and I feel like one of the things that I told myself is, is, is I won't eat meat that I'm not had some hand at some point in the process of butchering and knowing mm, something yeah. about it, which I mean, there's, there's some seafood that I definitely eat that I have not taken part in that, but I have You've done, done it with shrimp farming. Right. But like, <laughs> I've done it with like smaller scale situations like trout and catfish and yeah. stuff. So I think it's similar. Yeah. And then like everything from the rattlesnake I've consumed to the, beef or chicken that I eat I've had hands in at least understanding the process behind it yeah you know yeah which I think is kind of important yeah I know I a lot of people it's similar with gardening that you like yeah. should know like you should it's a, it's a good skill to have even if you never use it like yeah I think I don't know because I know a lot of people would say that it's not that important to know what goes into the food you're eating but I really think that it is I feel like and also, there's just nothing more satisfying than eating something you've grown and like being like, oh, yeah, OK, I can do this. Like I can yeah. grow this vegetable and then eat it and it's delicious and amazing. And I did that. That's so cool. Yeah, you I part of it from A to B, you know, and I, I think that is a cool it's a cool thing to do. It's a cool thing to be a part of. It's just also not accessible to everyone. And I, yeah. I do want to make sure that we touch on the fact that we know that totally it's not accessible to everyone no and, and that's just that's the reality like so much urban gardening has been squandered from the start because local governments yeah. don't want that 
which is just ridiculous and awful because like what better than a local garden where everyone can learn how to garden or like have allotments in that empty lot instead of making it a parking lot, you know? Yeah. I I wish that city planning had more foresight and, and stuff like that because it is, if you look at urban areas, it's, it's kind of a, a soul cleansing thing to be able to reconnect with nature sometimes. And even if you don't take it as something that is totally important for everyone, even if it's just a subsection of people, there should be an opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And in urban settings, a lot of times you don't have a car. You can't just like get up and leave the city and go out and reconnect with nature. Like you should be able to have places to go to grow your own food or do whatever you want. But as we talked about in the foraging episode, food is control. And when you mm-hmm. control someone's food source, you control them. So, yeah, it's a, it's an unfortunate reality that capitalism is bred. But hopefully, it'll change because it has to yeah. because the earth is dying, <laughs> because we're shitting where we eat. <laughs> if it doesn't change, then I'll see y'all in ten years. If you live on the coast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just. Oh, it's like it's always been my dream to like. I know that it sounds culty, but I would love to have a little commune where we all garden and like make soups and stuff together. It just sounds fun. I don't know. I'm not anti-community gardening. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that sounds culty at all. It's only the fact that you mentioned that it might be culty scares me a little bit. Because everyone's like, oh, you're all going to, you're all going to live together and you're all going to farm together and you're all going to like, and I'm like, no, like I want like a little tiny house community with gardens yeah. and like, I think that'd be so sweet. I want to get like, I mean, we, it's not impossible, but you just got to get enough land. Like I would want an acre to myself Mm. with a tiny home on it Mm -hmm. where I can do my own thing and then have several many acres that are community where everybody pitches in and does their own bit with the community lot. But you also have your own privacy and your own space where you're not like just on top of each other. Totally. And wild foraging land too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love that. I would definitely do that. Cool. Well, anything else that we need to talk about? No, I think that we've probably covered everything, honestly. Yeah, I hope if you're listening, I hope you have a garden. If you do, send us pictures. If you don't, please get yourself like a little basil in a pot or something like that. It It's awesome. It's fun. Delicious. Useful. Great. It's a good time. And... If you already grow plants in your house, which I imagine you are, if you somehow stumbled upon propagated podcast, you have some kind of plant life going on somewhere or interest, <laughs> in, at least. in your life or <laughs> interest. Yeah. Um, a lot of those herbs are really easy to grow indoors. If that's like the, the, the route that you need to go or want to go, you yeah. can even grow tomatoes indoors. If you buy a grow light, mm. you can make it happen or out on your patio. But yeah. So I think this was an informative and fun episode, Frankie. It was great. Yeah, I've learned so much about gardening in the last year or so, and I just I can't wait to keep having gardens and keep growing more stuff and learning new things and new techniques and such. Yeah, I honestly just want a flower garden. Yeah. I don't eat at home enough to justify having a vegetable garden, really, for mm-hmm. me. So I want a flower garden. I want to, I want to have all the pretty things. Well, I have both, and I will give you cut flowers and urine squashes. (laughs) (laughs) Full fucking circle right there. 
<laughs> and with that, if you would like to find us, you want to read more, you want to read the article on companion planting from the Farmer's Almanac, you can go to our website, which is propagatedpodcast.com. Boom. So easy. You can also on there find our Patreon, which super cool and fun now we made plant zaddy stickers daniel and i were really excited about it we were dreaming it up yeah i'm into it (laughs) and if you sign up to be a patreon you will automatically get a sticker along with other fun perks that you can go look at it's on the support us tab in the uh on the website and other than that find us on instagram find us on twitter just search propagated yeah it's easy to find We're, we're we're super simple Super simple peoples over here. Yeah, and we have amazing posts. They're really funny. I think you'll love them. (laughs) (laughs) Self-promotion is weird, y'all. I know, it really Um, is. I'm like, yeah, listen, I'm really funny on Twitter, so follow us. I'm big on the internet. (laughs) Oh, no. All right, thank you all for joining us so much. I hope your gardens are beautiful and lush and happy. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.